Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Living Fellowship. So good to be here today. Glad you've made the right choice to come and hear the word of the Lord. Really looking forward to getting right into it. There are some specific subjects I'm going to talk to you about today. Jennifer mentioned in opening up that we've been talking about believing and the believer and the diversities of believers, how many different believers there are. Most uh, everybody out there couples a believer, a disciple, a Christian, all the same. And we've been teaching and showing the diversities of that, breaking it down, and even into uh, going into the apostles. So it's been very interesting, been very good. We go back to where we taught on how do I minister to Jesus. And if you have an ear to hear today, <clears throat> I believe you're going to see how even today's uh, recording ties all of this together and I'm going to talk to you about experience. As a matter of fact, I'm going to title today's recording, Experience God. And when I say that, I'm, I'm saying that to you. If you would, um, directly to you, you should experience God. I'm saying experience God. I know we could say experiencing God like it's happening, but I want to encourage you. Put this in your spirit. Put it in your hearts. Put it in your minds. Experience God. It's very important, as you'll see. And you know what else? I think as I speak here today, you're going to realize I may have experienced more of God than I ever realized in my life before. I haven't given God or myself enough credit here. And so I think it's going to be real good for all of us. Um, I'm going to talk about godliness. Well, what is godliness? If you look in the Strong's Concordance, Old Testament or New Testament, uh, it basically tells you that uh, godliness is holiness. It's you know, the ability to be holy. But I like the thought that godliness is godlike. It's, it's to be like God. Well, how do I be like God when God's a spirit, when God is holy, when God's infinite, he's omnipotent, omniscient? How can I be like that? By thinking like him, by putting on the mind of Christ. You begin to develop a new uh, consciousness from experiencing God and that new consciousness changes your perception of God actually you know what it changed your perception of every single thing you're gonna see that godliness pertains to all things in this life and in the life to come so those are some of the things that we're going to talk about <clears throat> and if you have your Bibles let's turn to Romans the fifth chapter Romans the fifth chapter and you know what we're just going to read a little bit here let's read one through five paul saying to timothy therefore being justified by faith we have peace with god through our lord jesus christ and notice this experience is a part of the ability to partake of the faith and grace of god you with me now there's a bit of you could call this a progression watch how this reads by whom also we have access <clears throat> by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Right? Did you hear that? What is a part of allowing the Holy Ghost, how do you say it? To establish 
and allow the love of God to be shed abroad in our hearts. Everything we just read there, what's sandwiched in the very middle of this? Experience. Experience. How many of you believe here today that you've experienced God in your lifetime? Every single one of you, even Case, should raise their hand right now. That I have experienced God. Now, I know in times past, I don't want to say this, certain things that I'm going to bring out today were kind of shunned on. They were belittled about experiencing God. But I don't believe so. I believe every single time we've experienced God is very important to us. So how many of you ever read the Bible? All the way through? One chapter? One scripture? Guess what? You're experiencing God. This is his word. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ from beginning to end. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the ending, the first and the last. So if you've ever taken the Bible out and read God's story to any degree, you've experienced God and one person say, yeah, Brian, but that was just in knowledge. What do you mean just in knowledge? Knowledge is good if it's used lawfully. See, the other thing that we're going to talk about here, we said uh, experience, godliness, but understanding. How important is understanding? The book of Job tells us, uh, by understanding, men depart from evil. Right? Now, I'll show you a little order here. Wisdom is a principal thing. What does principal mean? It's the first thing. Wisdom is the principal thing. And Proverbs, the book of Proverbs tells us, Get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding also. I'll show you how it works. Wisdom is the interpretation of a thing. When you interpret something correctly, I'll promise you, when God interprets it with his mind and his understanding, it's going to be different than your interpretation. Therefore, what changes with the correct interpretation? Your understanding. Now, because your understanding changes, you have a knowledge of the holy. You see how that works? Wisdom's a principal thing. Get wisdom, Julie. With all thy getting, get understanding also. Now from that understanding, your knowledge has changed. You have a knowledge that agrees and has been formed by the Spirit of God. It's not what a man has taught you now. And I'm being very specific that the understanding and the wisdom comes from God himself. This is the order of establishing godliness. The other scripture we're going to look at is very important. That godly contentment is great gain. We'll look at that in 1 Timothy, the 6th chapter, I think the 6th verse. Paul's talking to, about some that would not consent unto the wholesome words of Jesus Christ and that teach otherwise. They're perverse men. They, they dispute these things. They have a perverse mind. He said, from such turn away. Because godliness with contentment is great gain. Now when we're talking about the uh, vision of these believers that we talked about. There were some that came to Jesus for just, uh, I say just, but a miracle. They needed a healing. They needed their eyes healed, their ears open. Um, they needed their, their tongue loose so they weren't of a uh, deaf and dumb spirit anymore. They needed a devil casted out. Or they wanted something from the Lord. And many times the Lord would ask or see their faith and say, do you believe I can do this? And they would answer him, yea, Lord, 
I believe. One man, Julie, said, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. And the Lord would perform a work of God for them. So is that a believer? It is. But many of them, that's it. You don't hear anything else about them. Right? Then you had, like in the book of Acts, the fourth chapter, the fifth verse, there were those that heard the words of the apostles, and they believed. They believed those words. And the apostles laid their hands on them, like in uh, Samaria, in the eighth chapter of the book of uh, Acts. And they received the Holy Ghost. They were baptized. They received the Holy Ghost. They were believers also, correct? But you didn't hear a whole lot about them afterwards. There were at least five individuals, uh, Joseph of Arimathea, uh, Dorcas in the book of Acts, who was also called Tabitha, uh, Ananias, um, was it Timoth Timothy, Timotheus, excuse me, and it was one they just described him as an, an old disciple. They were all described as disciples, but they weren't of the 12, were they? There's only 12 disciples that become apostles. So what I'm doing is showing you, breaking down the diversities of believers and what a disciple is. And there was only 12 that were going to excel to be the apostles whose names are written in the foundation of the earth. But my encouragement to you is, in the spirit, you can experience every single one of those. How important is that? Because most people just say, oh, I want the best. I just want to be an apostle. Yeah, but what about the people the apostles ministered to? Wouldn't you want to experience their thought, their need, their want, their ability to come and believe? You want to experience all of it. You understand what I'm saying? But most of the time, we only want the best. You read about the fivefold ministry, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. Most people, especially young people uh, in the things of God, say, which one do you want to be? Well, which one's the best? Well, I'd say the apostle. I want to be the apostle. You don't want to partake of the negative if you want to say that in God. Um, we've had a lady say to us one time, we we're talking about Lucifer. She said, I don't even, I don't want to know nothing about Lucifer. I don't even want to hear that name. Huh? Carrie, you remember the one time in a study? Carrie says, I'm so tired of this carnal mind. I do not want to be in this carnal mind. I don't want anything to do with this carnal mind. What if God has you in that carnal mind for his will, for a purpose? I'll give you a couple examples. Did not God put Israel in Egyptian bondage for 400 years? Was that the will of God that he bring them out after 430 years? So what if they said they fought God the whole time? I don't want to be in the carnal mind, Carrie. I don't want to know anything about Lucifer. Well, guess what? After they came out of Egypt, God put them in Babylonian captivity. First, they were under the leadership or the tyranny, I'll say, of Pharaoh. Then when they're in Babylonian captivity for seven years, which he also gave them a promise of bringing them out afterwards, and and told them to seek the peace of the land, and you're going to be there a while. They were under Nebuchadnezzar. But that was the will of God. So in order to understand what you're going through and your experience in God, wouldn't you have to be content with the word you hear? It says, uh, Daryl, in the scriptures, be careful how you hear. Also, I think it's both in the book of Luke, maybe Luke and Mark, be careful what you hear. Why? Because what you hear determines your experience in God. What you hear, that word, is your faith. And the just shall walk by faith. Are you with me so far? So be careful how you hear. 
hear the word of God. Now listen, this is where I tie it together. Be content in that word, but also desire godliness. In other words, more experiences of God. Are you with me? So you might be in a thought right now that just came for a one-time miracle. Experience it. Love it. Be content. Do I desire to believe more and experience more in God? I'm just saying you should. You don't have to. Because I'm going to say it to you this way. All those that came to the Lord and believed, they are His. You know, we got this terminology, they are saved. And there's a doctrine out there that's called once saved, always saved. I don't believe that. You know why I don't believe it? Mike, because I believe I'm being saved every day. Every single day I'm experiencing God, and He's saving me from the difference of my thoughts or another man's teachings and putting His understanding in me, allowing me to depart from evil, experiencing Him, becoming more godly or walking in godliness, but godliness with contentment is great gain so each time you hear a word and you experience god Brittany, receive it be content in it but also desire more to go farther every single day well what do you mean by that you know let's start at the lowest level okay and i'll bring it up from there i remember being a very very young man just a little boy and we always, there was so many of us in the house. We had a four-bedroom, two-bath house, and there was nine of us. <laughs> I think nine kids, two parents. <laughs> um, we always had a roommate. Keith and I bunked in the same room. Craig and Mark bunked in the same room. And my mom came to me one day, and she brought me this little red Bible. You guys ever seen those? They call them a switchblade. It's just a New Testament. Everything's in red. And... I didn't know what she was giving me, but she handed me a, this little Bible and said, you're going to preach the gospel someday. I'm a little bitty kid. Hadn't thought, I wasn't raised in church like many of you. I wasn't privileged enough to be raised in church like some of you were. God bless you. That's awesome. Those Ellis brothers out in Chicago, I appreciate that very much, but I also appreciate how I was raised up too. Even though I wasn't in church, my, my parents taught me love. They taught me Hey, <laughs> they taught me, uh, you know, how to be a good provider, a good protector. My dad is a wonderful dad. Um, not perfect, like any one of us. But I'm very content in how I was raised. And I'm thankful for it. My mom brings me that Bible. Says, you're going to preach the gospel one day. You gotta, I'm saying I'm this high, you know, three foot off the ground. Something happened. When I took that Bible from her, My heart swelled. You can say you got emotional. Anybody ever be emotional in a service? Huh? That was shunned on years ago. You know, I, I, I wept. It meant something to me. And I'm going to say something to you right now. I experienced God that day. Somebody might say, well, how do you know it was God? You didn't see anything. You didn't have a dream. You didn't have a vision. You can say whatever you want to, Julie. I don't need somebody else to believe my experience is that I really don't. God bless you. I'm not trying to put you down. I'm just saying, I know when I experienced God, whether I was groping in the dark and I couldn't hear, I couldn't see, I still know God did something in my heart, Merle. And I'll believe it till I die. And I'll take it into eternity with me also. 
Then I was like, God, I'm sure there's other experiences in between. Always prayed to God, but now that I understand prayer, I always prayed for the wrong reason. You know, Lord, I'm up to bat. Let me at least get on first base. I didn't have to hit the ball real hard because I was super fast. And, and they'd lead me off number one batter every time because I'd get on base. And that third and fourth batter is supposed to clean, clean up and get that run for the team. Um, when I wrestled, Lord, let me win this match. You know, I need, I want to be on top. Plus, it's superstitious. I don't know about you guys, but you stand that batter's box and you had to have the, the right socks on and you take the right amount of practice swings. And if you did all these things, then it all came together. But I always ask God to be the one that made that come together. And really, a lot of it was superstition. It's funny. My whole point being is, there was always a believing in God within my heart, within who I was. Always, always. Uh, didn't go to church. Didn't practice what you want to call godliness or holiness or any of that stuff, but I really didn't even know what it was. But I remember in junior high, I think it was a Baptist church. What's catechism? Okay, it wasn't that. What's, what's the, huh? Awanas. It might have been that. Yeah, I, now I remember. It was Awanas. But in my mind is, I want to go there and see girls. I want to. That's why we went. I remember sitting in there listening to a mic and having a chew of tobacco like you like every once in a while. Bro, I got so sick. I had that big old chew in my mouth. Actually, it was probably a little bitty one. I, me and another guy split it. And I'm dizzy listening to that guy talk about Jesus. Barely made it to the bathroom in time to puke my guts up. And that pretty much fixed me from chewing. I'm, I'm good. But something happened that night. And we're, uh, they're talking about Jesus. I'm cutting up being what I normally was, normally did. And this girl, her name was Kendra Tramps. She's, well, I don't know, we was in junior high, maybe a little younger. But something happened. He's talking about Jesus. And she, she starts crying. What's wrong with her? And she starts to, to testify. It did something to me made me emotional i'm like what's that wiping tear on my what what's that what's going on but i marked it and they told me the spirit of god moved on her mike i believed it and you know what else i believe there i believed that the spirit of god was moving on me too it was setting me up for something and then in my mid-20s around 25 26 and you know what's neat um christy and i just celebrated our 28th wedding anniversary how do you say it, Chris? We've been together longer now than we were not with each other. Isn't that pretty cool? 28 years. That's a, for me, that's huge. And I appreciate her very much. But around mid-20s, 25, 26, something happened. I'm not going to go into detail on this, but I'll say it with understanding. God began to draw me. He called me. And I answered the call. And it was so great that at one point, after I married my wife, who, when I met my wife, uh, was my Bible teacher. Christy and I decided we were going to be friends, and she was my teacher for one week. 
After that week, I began to teach her because I really applied myself in these things. <clears throat> well, just to advance through it, we um, sought God with our whole heart, prayed always, read the scriptures continually, because in the reading of the scriptures, I was experiencing God. Did I understand everything? No. Did I read it through and just love? You, you know what happened to me, Carrie? I had never read the Bible before. And in my mid-20s, <clears throat> I read it, and I fell in love with it, deeply and madly. I fell in love with the Word of God. You know what that led me to, Julie? Loving the Word of God led me to loving God, period, and dedicating my life to Him. Because everything I was doing, I was, in my mind, and I still this day believe it, I, Jennifer, I was experiencing God. And then we went to a camp meeting, met a man named Jeff Whedon, and they were going to start a school in Chicago. Made up my mind right away, with or without my wife's permission or consent, if they start that school, we're going. So, like the disciples, we left houses, we left lands, we left family, we left everything, moved to Chicago. I had had some dreams beforehand, but I'm going to tell you, when I listened to that man preach, God moved on me. And it was so powerful that we moved 2,500 miles away. I'm looking out here and there's some of you that have moved from other states to be here. Because why? Why? You experienced God. You were having experiences in God. You say, but you know what? We were taught that those really aren't experiences. Those are feelings. And I don't really care what you were taught. I'm teaching you. God's teaching you, the anointing's teaching you right now. So erase all your other laws you put on yourself. Hear my words. Hear the words of the Spirit of Truth right now. And go back and redeem Merle all those times. So obviously, we started out with a lot of man teaching us. And you know what? I love it. Because I got to experience God in that. And you know what I experienced, Rice? What wasn't God? What was the lie? What man taught? But I learned. Do you realize all of this is about learning? All this is about gaining understanding? And when I was taught those things, my little brother went to a church and the church I went to, although they didn't preach it like his church, they told me that holiness was how you dressed. And what you did with your hair. And what jewelry you would or wouldn't put on. I believed it for about a week. And I said, oh, that's, that's garbage. That can't be the Jesus I read about. That can't be the Jesus that loved me. That can't be the Jesus that died for me. You mean to tell me if I put on a gold ring, if I wear a necklace, Everything Jesus did is null and void? No. Even being a young man in the Lord, I said, there's more. I need to experience God. These people are lying to me. You mean if I cut my hair right, I'm holy? No. Stay right. And I sought God. And I'd experience God continually. You know one of the greatest experiences I ever had was an early one. God, I was reading the Bible, and I went into the Spirit, Mike, 
And God told me I was a chosen vessel, that he was going to appear to me, that I was going to suffer many things, and it's happened in the spirit. But even physically, have you guys ever suffered for what you believe? Sophie's a young lady in school, half black, half white. There's a lot of things she could suffer in school. But have you ever suffered as a Christian? You ever suffered for what you believe? Now, is there a greater step in being able like Paul or Timothy or those to suffer it in the spirit? Oh, yeah, but don't neglect your experience of God. Even here and now with everything that's going on. Appreciate it, Sharon. Don't neglect it, but sometimes, Bryce, we bring it on ourselves, huh? Remember that guy at the gym you told me about? He'd come to argue with you, and you argued with him about doctrine and about Jesus. But then after we counsel, what'd you say? I will never do that again. Did you understand? Did you learn something from that? Then count it an experience of God. Or experiencing God. You with me? So God told me I was a chosen vessel, just like he told Paul the same things. And I believed it. Believed it enough to, to leave family, my daughter. Everything we were doing, pack up two cars, move to Chicago. Only knew one person in Chicago, and that man, Jeff Whedon, forgot to tell me that he was going to be in vacation Hawaii that day. Or that week. So Christy and I show up, Tim from California with these big, huge coats on. And we walk in, they look, and they go, you guys from California, aren't you? Yeah, we heard you guys going to come here, but like, it's cold here. And actually, it's not cold at all. They're in short sleeves and everything, you know. Um, and there are so many of these experiences I could share with you. At one time, and this is, I believe, personally, the reason why when we had the change of the guard or God removed Jeff Whedon as the senior pastor and um, CEO at that time of Reveal 2, which is now Living Fellowship, God spoke to me, and he said, Jeff shall be as Moses bringing the law, but you shall be as Joshua leading my people. When I told that to him, I think that's why he chose me over somebody else in Chicago, over Pastor Dan. He actually tried to retire Rick and said, Rick's going to do like me and this and that. And as soon as he turned it over to me, I said, Rick is with us, and, and Dan's the vice president in these things, and we're going to do this together. As a matter of fact, what we did, we changed everything, Madison. We took it out of the hands of one man controlling the ministry and manipulating things and said, all seven of us are going to seek Jesus. This is Jesus' church. Jesus is the one that's going to be the head of us. Jesus is going to lead us by his spirit, and we're going to follow him. There's no senior pastor anymore. It was gone. Totally gone. The title, everything. The authority out the window. And we established our, established our new bylaws, and it's been awesome, hasn't it? The unity of the elders Seven elders, the unity of the deacons, the unity of the people, all of us walking together in a fellowship, loving God, and doing what God's asked us to do. It's the right way to do things. We was on a motorcycle ride to Las Vegas one time. Jeff was there, and Dave Shrum, and uh, Ben Ramos. Who else? Oh, Ernie Hayne. Ernie Hayne. We were going to Vegas. They were going to go see Hoover Dam. Was it one of the seven wonders of the world, or eight wonders of the world? We were in Needles, I believe. That's California, right? Nevada. Needles is Nevada? It's California. Well, let's do it this way. Maybe it wasn't needles. You guys ever seen the biggest thermometer in the whole entire world? Where? Baker, okay. I'll never forget. We changed some things, 
And it was like $40,000 a year coming in from the tape club. And God had moved on my heart, and the elders agreed. Uh, freely we've received, freely give. We're not charging for audio anymore. Jeff told me plain, he was furious. He looked me in my eyes. If you do this thing, you will shoot yourself in the foot. Okay, thanks, Jeff, we're doing it. We had the council. Pastor Dave Lowry was in uh, Boise, running the church, pastoring the church, but receiving no tithes. Those tithes should go to him. But that would take away from the, should I do this? The larger salary that Jeff had. Because it was all different. Jeff made this, Rick made that, Dan made this, Brian made that. Dan worked another job just to support his family. Brian worked another job just to support his family. We come in and said, all the tithes that come in to the two churches that we're three are pastoring, let's, let's just divide it up. That's, that's what we get. If not as much comes in, then we don't get as much. If more comes in, you know, we've always, we, we always cap it and <clears throat> make sure if somebody else gets raised up, well, I'm getting into some business things. I'm not going to do any more of that. Either way, decided Dave is out there laboring. He's the pastor. Let's give him the ties that are there. Jeff said, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. Guess what? How long, Christy? How long have you been doing this? Since 2008. What's the math? 15 years? Yeah? I ain't shot myself in the foot, Tim. Jesus has been faithful, Mike. We're still going, Daryl. We're still doing it. The unity is greater than ever amongst the elders. We're getting ready to go uh, to Donnelly this next week. And I won't miss any church because we're doing it during the week. We'll be back Saturday night. We'll be with you guys next week. I'm not even going to have to miss any church. This time is a special trip. The elders' wives are all going to be there. All of us are going to be in one place. And we are so blessed to know Dave Lowry and Connie Lowry and his cousin Steve because he has a beautiful cabin right across from Dave. This gorgeous place. So wonderful to get up there and relax and get away from the hustle and bustle and the concrete highways or concrete cities and talk about God. But I'm going to tell you something. We start when we get up. Some people get up at 6. Some people get up at 8. We start talking about God and counseling and fellowshipping and, and doing everything we do. Easy 12 hours, sometimes 14 hours. And it's beneficial. It's awesome. But thanks to Steve, Adelaide, and that whole deal, they can accommodate all of us. Could you imagine going somewhere, Mike, and staying a whole week and paying a bill like that? You know, I, I didn't, I'm not getting into everything I was going to get in with you. But I'm sharing you the history of the church. Hopefully this exhorts you and encourages you and, and brings us together like this country needs to. Some unity. Huh? You know how you beat hatred? Because, Jen, the spirit of this world, that's what it promotes. Do not get caught up in, in the hatred of the politics. I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. You know how you beat hatred? With love. Huh? with love well how can I love people that don't agree with me that are destroying our country that did Jesus say love your enemies huh were you at one time an enemy of the cross of Christ are you glad Jesus loved you me too let's walk in Jesus's footsteps we had a, a recent situation when I addressed in the church already and uh, you know a lot of people or some not a lot a lot of you totally understand are good 
But some didn't think we handled it right. You know what? I handled it the way God ha would handle it. I did it the way Jesus would do it. And if that's not good enough for you, okay. You have your right. Do it. Go. Say whatever. Do whatever you want to. That doesn't matter to me. I'm going to follow God. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to walk in the understanding that he's given me. And if I'm pleasing to him, I'm sorry your toes got stepped on. But I'm going to choose him over you every day, all day, any day. Are you with me here today? <laughs> Almost sound like a poet and didn't know it. We'll take next week and get into the depth of what we want to get into here. But experience God. I want to encourage you here today. Experience God. You know what we're going to read? I was going to do it, but I'm, I'm going to stop here. I'm not going to overdo it. As far as, you know, our attention span can be kind of short. But I'll do this for you. Think about experiencing the book of Revelation, the first chapter. John said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard a voice behind me as of a trump, and immediately I was caught up into the spirit. That's experiencing God. That's a serious experience of God. Huh? How about Adam in the beginning? Do you know in the spirit I have experienced Adam? You can say a similitude. It wasn't exactly like what took place there. But read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This is why a lot of scholars, so-called, and atheists say that the Bible's not true because Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John say different things. Huh? One says there were wise men that went to Jesus' birth. The other one said there were shepherds in the field. One said they were stars. One said they were angels. Guess what? If you have understanding, everything they said agrees. It's the truth. The only reason you call it a lie is because you don't understand. Come on. I feel like preaching today. Excited for God and the things he's doing. Yeah, man. But what about Cain and Abel? Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel. Not only have I experienced that, I know other individuals, men, our elders, that have had these same experiences in God. Huh? How about all of the, the Bibles, everything that's written, and things that are not written. Do you know in the book of John, Daryl, it says that if all of Jesus' examples, if all of his works, everything he did were written down, the books of the world could not contain it. There is so much out there to experience. And let me help you with one more thought before we go. I'm at the gym the other day, and I have a friend that was an EMT. Now he's a fireman. Nice guy. He just, he's my buddy. And uh, every time I see him, I say, hey, Jesse, how's it going? How you doing, man? It's awesome. He said, doing the Lord's work. And, you know, being a fireman, Jim, he, he calls it the Lord's work. I said, yeah, man, me also. And I was talking to him the other day. He said, what do you got going on today? And I told him my schedule. I said, at 7 o'clock, I teach. He said, you teach? What do you teach? I said, I teach the Bible. And he's like, wow, that's awesome. You know, I thought about it later, Mike. You know what I really do, Tim? A lot of people teach the Bible. You know what I teach, really? And this is how I'm going to tell people from now on. I teach Jesus Christ from beginning to end. I teach the revelation of Jesus Christ understanding God to help an individual be more spiritual, and I use the Bible, the Word of God, to do it, along with the Spirit. Isn't that more accurate? Because as you're hearing these words, it's not just a religion 
a made-up religion that says, do this, 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 and this, and if you do, you're saved. But remember, if you ever leave my church, you're lost again. That's what man does. We'll get in that next week. Some say believe, you're good, don't leave the church. Some say believe and be baptized, you're good, don't leave the church. Some say believe, be baptized, speak in tongues, or be confirmed, or do this, or do that. But don't leave the church. Because if you leave us and what we tell you, you're lost. Right? I'm going to tell you something right now. I believe, if you've ever heard one word from God, and I believe this with all my heart, if you've ever heard and believed one word from God, you are a believer. And when you see those in the Bible that maybe had one miracle or one healing or one devil cast out, those are believers. Are they the same as the disciples that gave up everything, houses, lands, that are going to sit on a throne and judge the 12 tribes? No. But they're believers. Did that word save them in the position they were in? Has it saved you in many positions you've been in? Absolutely. But you can't go beyond God. These things are written for examples of the believer. You can experience it all. But be content where you're at. And count every experience as godliness. As you're putting on the mind of Christ. As God is changing your conscience. Do you understand how that works? When we're born here, we know nothing about God. People start telling us about God. And we believe what they say. And then God comes in, if you're fortunate enough and blessed enough. And he begins to talk to you for himself. Sometimes through anointed men or women. Sometimes like all the illustrations I gave you today. Either way, you realize... Ooh, Carrie, that's God. I like this. But you know what he does? He puts his mind, his consciousness in you, and I promise you, Mike, guarantee you, that when you go from a fleshly, man, uh, human conscious to the conscious of God, your perception changes of God every single time. So in that process right there, Jim, did he save you? I'm going to say something to you, and I mean it with all my heart. If you've received a word, Walker, no matter how small from God, you can say it that way if you want to, because even a grain of mustard seed is least of all seeds, but it grows into a tree, a great tree, that even the fowls of the air lodge in. Whatever you've received of God, Merle, if that has changed the way you think, because we can read a scripture here, you brought nothing into this world, you're taking nothing out. The only thing you leave with here is spirit as a soul, conscious, Mike, thoughts and perception. But if God has changed your conscience, if he's changed your perception and it's his, can God ever be lost? No, and neither can you because you're in him. You're a part of him. Isn't that awesome? All this religion that... Uh, God's going to burn you up in hell and this and that. And that. that comes from no understanding. It'll never give you the ability to, to depart from evil. It'll only put fear in your heart. God is so much more kind than that. He's so much more greater. He has so much more mercy. You follow God. You trust God, Julie. You trust him with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him. And I promise you, you stand on this and you live by this. Christ, he will direct your path. Amen? Right. I've already gone longer than what I had planned on today. But guess what? That's why God made tomorrow, right? Do I have any questions before we go? God bless you online. Appreciate you very much. They have any questions for me, Tim?
All good. How about you guys? You guys like preaching? You like teaching? That's because you love the Lord. I appreciate you. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Remember the Bible studies. And uh, please come back next week. We'll talk some more. How's that sound? Okay, God bless you.